Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What do you think? Did it get him? I am weird, dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Let's see, it's Tuesday, August the 15th, and I'm in the Bojangle studio again with my co-host Mike Davis. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. What you been up to, man? You were gone. I went to New York with my daughter. Yeah. 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 While you were working in Indy, I was uh, just beating the paths in New York, man, having That's fun, awesome. seeing all the sights, doing all the stuff. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, that... Uh, I didn't know you was heading up there. I sent you a text message just trying to touch base, and, and uh, you showed me some of the things y'all were getting into. And um, I guess, you know, right away I started thinking, man, I'm going to have to take some notes here because one of these days I might be taking my girls to on a trip like that to see some of the some of the great things we have across this country. Uh, success, I imagine. You're back. I'm back. She had a good time? She had a great time, okay. and I would say that – Best part? Uh, best part for me was uh crazy enough ellis island the immigration story i, I really got mm-hmm. into that uh for her she loved the broadway shows i'd never been to a broadway show me neither really. yeah that and didn't so, sound like something i would i would actively seek out but yeah but uh i mean you enjoyed it yeah we had a good time man all right what do you think i would think about a broadway show i think you would enjoy it if your daughter wanted to do something like that like it's all about the one-on-one you time. and i were at a broadway show <laughs> be weird okay um <laughs> Well, we want to thank Ally for uh, sponsoring this week's Dirty Air segment. Um, Ally has been a part of our uh, team and our, our family for a long time here at uh, the Dale Jr. Download and at Dirty Mo Media and bring our guest segments from, from, from time to time. Mostly that's what they do sponsor. But since we're, um, we're sort of, uh, you know, between guests and becoming Earnhardt episodes, um, Ally has been very flexible. Uh, but they bring this episode to us today. So thank you, Ally. We certainly can't do any of this without our partners. Um, so let's jump right into it. Today was uh, my oldest daughter's first day of kindergarten. Um, so that was really cool. If you don't have kids, um, taking your taking your kid to school is pretty emotional. Um, and so I remember taking Isla to 
to a preschool that that was that was something else uh she didn't like it so when they get emotional it makes you even more emotional um and amy reminded me last night that i didn't hold it together in that moment back then when we were taking her to her her uh, toddler class well if you do well, she so freaked out you know isla freaked out so i freaked out right i was you know and we were both clinging to each other <laughs> amy's thinking i got a couple of kids here oh, oh one no. of them's going to preschool the other well, one isn't well what happened was is we were like a couple cars away from from dropping her off so the teacher comes out and gets them from the car this is back in in her toddler toddler days about three or three years ago and so i said to amy uh and not thinking uh man i don't i I don't want her to go you know and um i was just speaking out loud and isla heard that and oh lord um it was a little you know it was it was during the pandemic and so the teachers had masks on i imagine i'm just thinking for us it was all making sense right but for her she's like dad said he doesn't want me to go these people are wearing masks can't even see their face right Right. (laughs) yeah she's like do i want to go here at all right so um it was kind of i'm it scared her i think i think i messed up but and then she got upset and then i was like freaking out like you know what do i do to uh fix this situation today how'd it go totally different okay Um, good so we had a orientation yesterday and basically taking uh taking her into class and she gets to meet her, uh, her her teacher. She gets to see her 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 desk and who she's sitting with, and meet some of the other kids in the class. And I think that was a really really good thing. So when we got there, she was totally fine. Good. She excited, ready to go. Um, and so I'm excited about that. That was good. It went really well. So I wish, uh, you know, all the things that we do uh, that are that high pressure would go so smoothly well guess what i've got you talk about orientation my daughter's going into high school i'm terrified i I mean i am literally terrified of it and she's got orientation going on right now um and it's just i don't know what to do i mean i know a lot of you folks uh listening to this podcast right now have gone through that but uh first kid going to high school man it's just such a big jump yeah I, it's a proud moment man it's a proud moment everybody's you know I, a lot of my friends are, are are sharing um what they're you know they're great they're every grade you know everybody's everybody's posting on social media about right. what's going on and it's uh, i get it i get it man it's you're a proud proud parent we drove away amy's up amy's crying it's overwhelming for her and um i was happy that you know it just went smooth isla didn't dad and have a meltdown and pride you know have to get pride out of our arms <laughs> yeah your collars are looking good today because yeah. i remember last year she's That's hanging right. on yeah, to your my shirt collar was all messed up. <laughs> so that went good but anyways um i went i wanted to clear up something i owe i owe it to uh i owe it to the professor <laughs> good all I'm right because they t- they went at you on yeah. their show i owe it to the professor on on uh dirty Modo. Russell is his name. He's our stat guy with Racing Insights, sits in the booth with us every single weekend at the NASCAR races for NBC. Jimmy as well. He's also working for Racing Insights, one of our stat guys. All of these people I'm mentioning were at this dinner with me in Pocono when I was giving them a hard time about medium plus stakes. And so we go to uh, Harry and Izzy's. We wanted a seat, uh, a table for eight. Uh, St. Elmo's was not able to accommodate us with uh, a table of eight for Friday night so we went next door to Harry and Izzy's and uh, we had a great meal 
Uh, but they ordered the medium plus and it was, the lady was like, yep, you got it. No problem. And so I said, okay, um, Jimmy said, uh, I want a, um, medium minus. And she said, there's, there's no such thing. <laughs> and so we tried to trick her, but, um, the, the waitress was on to us. Um, she, she said, so you mean a, a medium rare plus? That would be what you're asking ah, for. Ah, so there's no medium minus. There's but no there's medium a, minus. There's, there's a medium. Yeah, there's only pluses. There's a medium rare plus. So I'm going to give it to them, man, all right? Here's where here's where I stand on this. There is a such thing. As, I want to admit there's a such thing as a medium plus This is a big day order. for you. You're admitting something. Uh, but it's, it's all in the higher end uh, steakhouses that have those options. Obviously, you know, I probably don't frequent those type of establishments often enough to to pick up on these type of things, but I'll give it to them. They're right. They won. They won. They took yep. a pretty, uh, pretty uh, hard uh, approach at you on hey, Dirty Mode Dub. Both care. Steve and the professor did. I could give a crap less who takes a hard stance on me. Even, can, hey, even, but let me finish. I can admit ahead. when I'm wrong, Mike. You can. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's. I'm curious if you're going to order a medium Never. plus. No. Never. No. Not even curious. Not even try it. No, it doesn't. I don't need it. It's not important to me. So it exists, but not in your world. Let's cook the damn thing. I don't, <laughs> when I when I eat it, I don't want to get sick. All right, that's all I care about. Here's the better question: Are right, you're admitting that it's real? Also, is putting it pre- some A one on the son of a gun? So that's right. It don't it what temperature it is. <laughs> it gives a what right. it is. That would be funny. You know, you what? order a medium plus with A one. Here's how much I care about the temperature of my steak. All right, Amy's. Uh, getting ready to cook dinner yesterday. All right. And so she's going to cook some uh, tacos, shrimp tacos. And she's like, hey, man, I'm about to start dinner. I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this thing. I got a little, um, got a little housework to do. She's like, well, that's going to take a few minutes. I said, yeah, go. I don't care. Go ahead and start cooking. She goes, well, um, I'll wait till you're done. I said, no, no, cook it now. I'll eat it when I, when I get done. So, I mean, it's a, and I ate room temperature shrimp tacos last night. Yeah. Could give a crap less. Didn't bother you. Didn't bother me. Look at you. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> You're growing up. <laughs> so this is my question. We can admit that there's a medium plus. Like, I'm learning as I go here. Yeah. You're teaching us uh, all this stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I will say, and this doesn't, I, I don't think Steve or the professor care about this, but it's still very pretentious. Can we agree on that? It's pretentious Pompous. thing to do. Yes. Yeah. It's still a thing. If you can't get by with rare, medium, or well done, whatever it is, medium well, if you can't get by, that still doesn't suit you. You are a bit of a diva. That's right. And to be honest with you, even Steve doubled down on the initials on his collar. He said even that's a, a no problems having his Steve, yeah. the S and the L <laughs> on his collar. So, yeah. you know, there's your look. He has no problems. You have no problems admitting when you're wrong. He has no yeah. problems being a pretentious I think that names uh, are, you know, name tag or any kind of, th- those things are important. Yeah. When you're working, when you're talking to a service mechanic at a dealership. <laughs> but I don't need to know your initials. All right. 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 You're turning into your parents. You're, right. You're not going through their contracts, yeah. just initialing uh, all the important <laughs> parts of yeah. the uh, the contract. Yeah. You just, uh, yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, kudos to jim was it jimmy that did the uh jimmy did yeah kudos to jimmy he's the real hero of this story jimmy is yes we had a great weekend in indy had a lot of fun when the broadcast uh got going i worked uh the pre-race uh countdown to green which is i don't i rarely get to do that 
uh, and I thought that went really well. I thought all the work we did was good. thought the race was great. One caution for three laps or something like that, um, and I didn't care. I, you know, a lot of times when we have a race with you, when you look at the statistics on paper, it's going to, you know, you'd imagine that people would not, uh, uh, you know, appreciate a race like that, but I'll be honest, there was a lot going on, and uh, we had a great finish. There was suspense. Chase Elliott trying to close the gap. Uh, Michael McDowell trying to win uh, in an underdog story. And uh, I saw Michael today in the, in the line at school. Oh, really? Yeah. Rolled, my down, rolled down my window and gave him a good clap. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so it was, a, uh, I, it was a memorable weekend. And I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know if it was the fact that my girl uh, was getting ready to go into kindergarten on Tuesday, but I was that was an emotional win. I thought I got emotional watching that happen. So let me ask you that, man. Everybody in here, right? When when you watch that race and you see an underdog story like that, a guy right on, you know, he's got. There's so many variables here. You got a guy battling on the bubble. You got a team that was a back marker. Uh, that's developing into a competitive winning team. You got a young, young crew chief. Who's a friend of ours and used to be at Junior Motorsports. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You have um, Michael McDowell, who is driving starting parts just to stay relevant, just, right. to, just to be there. Um, and all of those things coming together, you, you're at Indy, one of the most historic racetracks in the world. Uh, so a win there for anyone is incredible. So all of those things piled into one. Um, I felt it, man. It was emotional when he crossed the finish line, watching his family become a part of that, hearing him tell us about, you know, how they have to kind of pick and choose and they weren't there for the Daytona 500. Um, all of that happening right there, man, was really, really what sports is all about. Right. And for, it was a butt whooping. I mean, the, the fact that this well, underdog story, I mean, like, they really did. They, they ran great all day, they, they led a lot it. of laps. They oh, led yeah. a lot of laps, yeah. right? It, it was, was a legitimate legitimate win very emotional I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because yeah I felt that as well um, I like a good underdog story you like a good underdog sure story um, when we have people that we know and, and care for on those uh, race teams it certainly makes it more um, I tell you Michael went on Denny's podcast on Actions Detrimental this week did you get to hear this I haven't listen it makes me appreciate it even more hearing about the resources they lack compared to the resources that the Gibbs and the Hendricks and everybody else bring to the table. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Michael was talking about this moment where he's like, uh, you know, if I do my job in this playoffs, then we're going to be able to get a Hawkeye. And then they go through and explain what a Hawkeye is. And I, I won't go into it here because, uh, you know, go listen to Action's Detrimental, but very important for a race team to be competitive and get through tech and all these other things that they do. Yeah. And so they know – Whatever money that they earned this year, they already know how they're going to spend it. Bob Jenkins knows how he's going to spend it. They're going to go reinvest in the company. Good conversation between Michael McDowell, but it made me appreciate the accomplishment even more because they don't come to the fight with the same ammo and the same artillery as everybody else. It's not like it's night and day, but if everybody else is a 10, the A-listers, they're a 7. Yeah. And then they went in there and led the most laps and, and did what they did. Yeah. It, it, it's a great story. It is. Um, Bob Jenkins ought to be uh, commended just for sticking it out. Um, and, you know, you have, uh, you have an owner who was, uh, you know, doing everything he could financially to put a team out on the racetrack. They have had success. They've won races. Pocono a couple years back with Busher, um, a win uh, with David Reagan at Talladega. 
Um, I'm trying to rack my brain and get all this right. But um, And then Michael's Daytona 500 win. So they've had these moments, but – uh, Bob has and Bob has spent a lot of his own money and and I don't know him well. I sat in a um, I sat in the conference room here at Junior Motorsports about a year and a half two years ago, talking to him about charters, right? And trying to you know we me and me and Kelly were investigating you know, the sport as a whole in terms of charters and how to get involved and how to get to the cup level. And he was one of the conversations that we had. Um, and he's he's uh, he ought to be celebrated, man, because. It's hard if you don't if you you know they always say how to how do you want to make a small fortune in motorsports you start with a big one you know and and it's expensive and costly and a lot of times not profitable uh, you can you can certainly make tons of mistakes financially and it not be profitable if you're smart and you got a good business model you can make money in this sport I'm not saying that it's a it's a it's a place where you can't you can't succeed financially but he had to um, you know he had to put up a put up a lot of the money himself just to get in he took the risk right so um he ought to be celebrated and and they're turning in t- and and he and he just re-signed both his drivers the week before mcdowell and gillen so he decides hey man i'm stick i'm sticking with my guns here uh we're moving forward we're growing we're improving pretty incredible story um kobayashi and 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 Kostecki, uh all of the international guys never really played a massive factor in the end result of the race i was thrilled that they were there i was hoping that they would all have uh successful runs i want them to come back i don't the reason why i want them to do well was because i wanted more people to to come right it was pretty exciting to have them there it was a great storyline and it was compelling to think about man how good could they go um svg Shane Van Gisbergen, who was on our show last week, ended up uh, running decent. I think the lack of cautions uh, and the inability to really kind of close the gap hurt uh, their opportunities. I would look down at the lap chart and to lap times just periodically every probably 10 laps or so, probably even more, more often than that, and see how they were running compared to the rest of the field. And Kobayashi and, and, and Brody – uh, SVG, obviously, they were all running at times some of the fastest laps, some of the top five lap times during the race. So the speed and the pace is, is there. They didn't stink. Um, it was an interesting, you know, the rate, the way the race played out without yellows was was a challenge for anyone. Mm-hmm. If you got behind the least a little bit, look at the 16 of A.J. Allmendinger. Had some incredible laps in the final stage. Had he got a yellow, he's a top five car. Um but due to the troubles he had during the race with Blaney and so forth, uh, you never can recover from that. Plus, Kobayashi never really got a, a, a fair shake at it. I mean, he got turned on, like, was it lap two or lap three? Yeah. And then he, and then he spun out again with contact with Stenhouse, I believe, there towards the end. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, he was faster than what his finish, uh, which was back in the, you know, what, 33rd. It was, he was faster than that, of course for sure. He was. Yeah. yeah. I hope they come back. I hope more people will try to race with us. I like it. I, I enjoy um, seeing – just as I will enjoy when Larson goes to Indy, I mean, you know, it's going to be a challenge. How good can he go, right? I enjoy seeing drivers take on um, monumental tasks such as coming into a new new discipline or a new series. Uh, SVG, get used to his name, man. He's going to be around. We're going to see him again. We, we feel 
all of us, I think, if you've been paying attention to the news over the last couple of weeks, we all feel pretty confident that he's going to be around quite a bit next year. Um, but hopefully the rest of those guys will come back and get another shot at it. SVG ran a truck race at uh, RP. I thought he did a good job. He lacked a little pace, um, went a lap down a couple times. But uh, it's, he didn't make the traditional mistakes. I mean, never ran a short track race before, never ran an oval before. That's a bull ring where you can get yourself, get yourself tore up very easily. He did none of that. He just kind of stayed out of trouble and learned and and that's what you got to do run all the laps finish the laps yeah just run all the laps i know it's you know it's hard to help people understand it's hard to it's hard to help drivers understand that that's that's a reasonable goal they want to go out there and just shock the world they want to you know you put a rookie or a young young talent out there on a track like that they want to surprise everybody they want to run top 10 top 5 and they 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 end up getting themselves in a lot of trouble trying to do too much um, obviously, with his age and experience, he's smart enough not to do that. Um, but you can find yourself in some weird situations trying to get underneath people and, and getting raced hard in the truck series is a common thing. Incredible, I thought, that he tore nothing up, that he ran the whole race, that he didn't make any real big, massive mistakes, and he didn't ruin any anyone else's race. So uh, that's, a, that's a great first step, I think, toward, toward his – oval you know crash course if you will in trying to figure all this out he's going to try to come over here and end up his goal is to be a full-time cup series racer in as short a period of time as possible right yeah and so he's got to learn oval racing in really an unprecedented amount of time Uh, no one's ever really no one that i can think of has ever came over here maybe montoya juan pablo that's that's what i'm thinking about right Um, you know, there's a couple examples that, and they pick it up pretty fast. Uh, we'll see how it goes. What was your uh, what's your reaction to his tenth place finish though at the at the Indy Road Course? Because you know we had a lot of uh, handicapping and debating and, and discussing uh, in the weeks leading up to it, and you thought that a top five, anything short of the top five, was not going to be satisfactory for him, given that he just you know won at Chicago. So now that he finished tenth, and the way the race unfolded with no or hardly any cautions, were you? Is, is it a successful weekend for him? Yeah. I think okay. the lack of yellows um, prevented him from getting the result that he probably deserved. I'm disappointed with 10th. I think he probably is too. I think the team probably is too because they know they were better than that. Um, you know, he raced with Christopher Bell all day, uh, and that was the way that race played out. It was, you know, without any yellows, everybody raced the same people. Keselowski and Denny ran – against each other all day long. I mean, everybody that, you know, if you watch the battles throughout the day, it was the same people racing each other. And um, had a yellow came out or maybe one or two yellows came out in that final stage, you know, SCG gets this, you know, the opportunity to, to better his position and get that result that I think he should have got. I don't think he finished where he should have, but I don't know that it was entirely his fault. Right. Um couple things happened over the weekend um the cars tour fired back up you know the cars tour uh is you know just over a dozen races they take a couple weeks off so um i'm curious as to how you know we came out with a bang when that series started this year a lot of a lot of excitement around the the new ownership group and all of that and um now we're kind of in the guts of the season in the dog days of the summer and uh trying to keep people 
connected and 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 remind them, hey man, the car store still going. Here we go again, firing back up. Ace just ran this past weekend. Tri County's next weekend. That's a thirty thousand to win race at Tri County this insane. Saturday. Yeah, thirty grand. Um, Kenny Wallace was gonna run that. It was a res- it's re- rescheduled because of weather, um, and he can't run it. He's got to run the um, SRX. Kenny's running that, but then he's gonna race at South Boston in the Cars Tour later this year. So we're still gonna get him. Uh, on the tour but anyways um thirty thousand dollar purse give us an idea of what that is uh in in relation to what normal purses are like how much more is this seven to ten is yeah. a normal purse yeah that's a big payday yeah. then for whoever wins this so i'm excited about that um uh, ace was a good race uh carson uh quapple in our car won he ran at ace earlier this year to win uh it's been a while since we've won a race on the tour but uh had a good run um, I got to uh, NFL's cr- cranking back up. You know, I'm a big Commanders fan, um, and they had their first preseason game. I caught a couple plays, not the entire game, but that was fun to be able to watch some football. Seems like football takes forever to get started up. Yeah. Man, the offseason for the NFL just feels like it's a, a long, long offseason. Am I wrong? Did they get some sick wide receiver now? I, I saw some highlights of some wide receiver for the Commanders, and I didn't they know. Have a, they have a they have several. deep. Deep. Are they deep? Yeah, wide receiver, yeah. Okay. They've got some good ones. All right. Um, so that's exciting. If you're an NFL fan, I know you're probably excited as I am about that kicking back up. Can't wait for um, for fantasy football and all those things. Um, so another thing that uh, was interesting to me is um, a lot of conversation around the Indy Oval. They had a test there. They're testing today. Um and uh sounds like we're ab- absolutely going back. They've already started to pr- uh, advertise next year's ticket sales. Right. And um, what is that screen grab? Go look for that screen grab. It's, it's, it's a, like the phrase on there. It's like uh, go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Twitter handle um, in the um, in the ad or in the advertisement to sell tickets. It says something about coming back, back around. To, yeah. Which yeah. is actually it's a nod to the oval. So. Yeah, we're going back to the Oval next year. I think it's not – has it been officially announced? Probably not, right? Well, if it's if they're doing that, then it, if it's from the well, Indy Twitter doesn't say anything about it. It doesn't say specifically, hey, man, we're you racing think on teasing the Oval. I've, I've thought it's been official for weeks. I, I, I mean, we've been talking about well, the it. the schedule for NASCAR has not come back out. So then it probably isn't official. I don't official. think it's official. Right. But, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty well known that we're going back to the Oval and, and ditching the road course. What do we have in the producer's room? Do we got any? Yeah, they have, uh, they're already saying that the tweet was, got a big 30th anniversary celebration in store for next year. Renew your hashtag the Brickyard tickets now and score the best seats at the best prices for an event that you do not want to miss. Uh, currently reading the article, it does not say anything about the Not an article. There's it's a, a graphic. It's a graphic on the yeah, tweet. Yeah, that's what it says. But look at where the cars, what's the, the direction. What's the, the graphic say? Come back around. Come back around. Oh, See? Yeah. All right. There you go. And the car is in the direction of... Of like the oval turn, it's not going like backwards. It's not going backwards. <laughs> Sly dogs. What do you think about this? Do you I'm like good this? With it, yeah. You're so, good with it. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, this is a. I um, you know, I we went and raced on the road course. That was fine. Look, it was fine. But we yeah, having the the fact that uh how do i how do i articulate this i don't want to really get into a deep dive on this one man but i it's like this i sort of do but go ahead sort of do (laughs) um so we 
ran on the oval. Indianapolis Motor Speedway has over 100 years of history. The oval. All right. This is basically where motorsports started in our part of the world. And it, when, when NASCAR, there was so much talk for two decades about getting stock car, would stock cars ever run there? Could they ever run there? Bill France Sr., Bill France Jr. were having conversations with the Speedway for decades about how to get there, how to get us there. And finally, in the mid-90s, there was a test. I remember how, like, incredibly insane and hard to believe and and beautiful it was that we were going to get to go there. Before we, before we ever saw a car on the track, your imagination just ran wild. You couldn't believe this. Yeah. NASCAR at Indy? And I remember that test. It was publicized just as much as almost as a race itself. I yeah. mean, that test, your dad was there. there were all the, all the all main of, guys were everyone there. Everyone was there. Yeah. The test was massive. It was, it was, uh, imagine that happening today, right? And so social media would have exploded with something like that. So it was a, it was a big deal. We go race there and, uh, it was, you know, everybody wanted to win that first race. All the drivers that were, you know, the next three or four or five years, you could tell immediately right out of the gate, they were winning a race that, was as important in their resume to them as any race ever that, you know, this this race, you know, it came it came prepackaged as, I, I hate this term, but a crown jewel. It, it automatically became one of, the, one of the top three most important races that any driver would want to win because of the track's history and all of that. When we moved to the road course, you lost that in, almost entirely. You know, for a, an Austin Cindric or Michael McDowell, or some you know someone connected to either Indy, the area, open wheel, whatever. You still really wanted to win at Indy, no matter what. Sure, right? road course. Still get a brick. But no, you know, you talk to Denny or any of these other NASCAR stock car guys that grew up in you know stock cars. They want to win on the oval. The win on the road course is great, but it's nowhere near like what winning on that oval would mean. And so. You know, I, uh, I, you know, we, I get, I, I don't want to disparage NASCAR or anybody. This is not a knock on anybody, but um, leaving the oval to go run the road course is much like, you know, leaving the Charlotte oval to run the Roval. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like saying, man, you know, this microphone don't work, so let's move all the furniture around in this studio. Hmm. let's rearrange the room because my microphone's broke or let's just go to another studio entirely instead of just fixing the microphone Mm. right yeah and so we left the oval because the racing wasn't good well it wasn't the track's fault you know and we left the you know we we don't run two oval races at charlotte murder speedway no more because the racing wasn't good and it's not the track's fault now the racing at the you know with the next gen at Charlotte is one of the best races of the year. The last couple of t- two or three races at Charlotte on the oval have been amazing. Um, and so I I uh, you know I, I think 
I'm excited that we're going back to the Oval, and I hope we never leave it. I hope we don't. We we got we were so lucky, so so blessed to be able to be invited there to race there, and we literally gave it away. Boy, I got a lot of thoughts on this. Well, everybody wants to hear it, Mike. Let's go back and just diagnose this. Why did we leave? Because the racing wasn't good, right? Okay, and that's true because I've, I I'm, I'm having a hard time even remember the last good race at the Indy at the big at the big course. And so the argument, if I remember correct, correct me if I'm wrong. It was these cars don't race well on this track. Was that not it? That you know the NASCAR. You know, if I can remember correctly, the cars had good races there. You know, we we raced. We had good races there, good moments there. When you're looking at you know the bulk of it. You know, they had the tire race that where, Ugh. where the, you know, that was just a bad that was tra- situation, yeah. man. Sure. You know, that's not a car track. That's just a bad situation. We won't blame that on the track. I don't know. Right. That's just an anomaly. If that's right. It's totally screwed up. Yes, it sucked for everybody. Um, but that, that, that was fixable. Um, I remember the race, I believe it was the race that Casey Kane won. I remember, I remember, um, Brad Keselowski and Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy going three wide, smoking down the back straightaway from contact earlier in the lap. Or I remember Brad Keselowski and Denny slamming fenders down the back straightaway yeah. um, in one of the last, you know, one of the handful of races toward the toward the last couple of, you know. We had another race at the Oval where we blew a lot of right front tires. Denny blew one. Uh, hard hits. Um, but then we changed. We changed the horsepower. We went to that really low horsepower thing and put them really big spoilers on the back. Them big ass spoilers. That's right. And it, we got uh, we lot we got way off base. Right. You know, right. what they were doing was trying to make the cars basically just draft past each other on every straightaway. They were trying to recreate what you could basically do in an Indy car where, you know, if you were close enough, you were going to be able to pass the guy down the straightaway. If you come off the corner in a reasonable distance, you were going to go by. They wanted to try to replicate that, and we kind of got away from, you know, we, we it made the racing worse. Yeah, it did. And... uh yeah, and then we just so we just bailed, right? We just bailed on the track altogether, a track that like we were so lucky to get to, so blessed to be able to have that on the schedule. Um, so, anyways, it's coming back. I mean, well, you, the, go ahead. My my concern on this. Listen, first of all, I'm with you. I wish we'd never left the Oval. I, I I love the Oval. If you like history and you like the historical significance of it, then you like the Oval way better than the road course. The road course obviously gave us some exciting moments. My, my worry is, like, like part of the thing is, is that it feels like, you know, we can't ever have anything nice because we, you know, ticket sales were not that good. No. Um, I mean, I felt like that's why we went to the road course to begin with. Those, there was a lot of empty grandstands in those races, even the cup races. So I felt like they had to, they, they did something different. But now we're going back. I don't know. Does it starting to feel a little bit like the clash or uh, the all-star race where it's like, okay, what's our identity on this? Like, what, let's stick with something. Let's, let's figure it out and stick with it. And I hope if we're going back to the oval, like we all think we are, then we stick with it. And if there's a problem with it, 
don't incriminate the racetrack. Figure it out on the cars, which I guess is what we're going to do. Uh, if the race, but I don't want us to overreact anymore. We just overreact every week. Was this race good or not? Was it exciting? You know, the fact of the matter is, is that we w- had a weekend this past week where there was only one caution for three laps. I think we could get away with it because it was a road course and there was just action all over the place. If there's only one caution for three laps on an oval, people react differently. Yeah. So, and if there's only one caution on the big track, yeah, they're going. This race sucks. We shouldn't be here at the big track. And that's what worries me, is that if we're going to go back, we just, uh, you know, we are so short-term thinking and, and react to the sample sizes that um, we end up lacking an identity, and that's that's the thing. So I hope we go back. I hope we that are. we stick with we're it. We're going back. Um, I, I hear you, man. I think it's a – I think it's a um – you know, no one's ever going to blame that racetrack. That's Indy, man. You don't blame Indy. You don't blame Daytona. You don't blame those things that have cred, credibility and, and history. And, and it's always going to fall on NASCAR's shoulders, whether that's right or wrong, you know, which is the car, whether we got the, you know, what do we need to do, the tire, Goodyear's going to carry responsibility. It's never going to fall on the track's shoulders because Indy is Indy. And, and so... Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the next gen runs good there, races well there. I think it should. It should. Yeah, I think it should. And um, either way, I think you know, I think you bring up a good point, Mike, about the crowd. If you're uh, a track owner like Marcus Smith with Charlotte or Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and you got three hundred thousand seats and you're only selling a hundred thousand, you got to do something. You can't sit still and hope that someone else figures it out. You can't go, well, I hope Goodyear's tire's better right, or different. I hope that the car race is different. You can't. You can't afford it. You're losing, you're hemorrhaging money. And so the move to the road course sparked some, hey, renewed interest, probably sold reasonable tickets. That's what the Roval did. The Roval did the same thing. People got, hey, well, I want to come check this out. This is something new we've never seen before. And the Rovals had some great moments. I don't have anything against it, but the you racing, did last year. You had, you did not like you. You were very well. The racing's so good the now at the Oval. I wish we would have sure, not. Sure, you know. Sure. Anyways, I think it's a good conversation, man, and I hope that I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, one of the th- other things that uh, that that snuck into uh, the conversation this weekend: Denny Hamlin still not signed at Gibbs. Now Gibbs and Hamlin and all them are talking the talk. You know, we're going to get this done. D- Denny said that he, you know, it's it is late. He would love to have had it finished by now. This is actually um, later than he'd rather, you know, he would would rather have this done by now. Um, and I know Danny's part of the Dirty Mo media family, but it is a storyline. <laughs> and he's going to want that contract because the Dirty Mo family is not going to pay him what Joe Gibbs can pay him. Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, but this feels uh, this feels similar to Kyle Bush, and I know I'm not trying to insinuate that Danny's going to end up somewhere else, but. Why is this not done, right? If I mean, Denny's worth it. Uh, it seems like this should be pretty simple. So what is the holdup? I'm just curious as to what um, is the delay in getting this, getting this finalized. And the, the risk, in my opinion, kind of falls on Joe Gibbs and his team that, to, 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 that this drags out any further because – Denny has options. His own race team. Hmm. Now I don't know what he'd really. 
I don't know whether he'd really drive for himself right out you know now, but I think at some point, gosh, I mean, if you own a cup team and you're in twilight of your career, right? He's got let's say five amazing years left. You're gonna want to run a couple of those in your own car, right? I don't, I would think so, right? Like to finish your career in something you built would be incredible, and they're good enough, they're fast enough, and so. What if, like, you know, imagine, I know they haven't this year. They've kind of, they haven't outperformed Gibbs this year. But imagine if they had. Imagine if they were winning, you know, imagine if they were in a, you know, couple wins for each driver, cars running good, and we're sitting here with Denny unsigned. That'd be a damn big story, don't you think? We'd certainly expect him to um – Allude to it. All the media would be hammering. Oh, we'd be yeah every week. Hammering every week. I'm a little surprised. Are they? they, Is he getting hammered right now? I know Joe Gibbs brought it up the other day. Conversation started. Yeah, when he won a few weeks ago, Denny won uh, at Pocono, and Joe Gibbs was talking about how he's going to sign Denny Hamlin for the rest of his life, or he made a big joke about it. But the fact is, is it this weekend's the first weekend I really started seeing quotes in 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 the media where Denny's having to say, "Hey, man, yeah, here's you know." It's not done. I wish it was done. It should be done. It's taking long. This is late. We should have had it signed sooner. Don't, you know, and he had a couple, you know, vague references to it being delayed. And everybody's like saying all the right things. Hey, I want to retire here. Jenny, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing saying, Denny's definitely going to be racing here next year. Um, and I'm, that sounds great. And I, and, and more than likely, hey, that's what happens. But I'm just damn curious as to what's what's the holdup. What's the net? What's the net called on? What's the fishing net called on at the bottom of the ocean? Look, my my theory is usually when these things are delayed, or usually these things move at the speed of the sponsorships and all that stuff. Not to say that they're looking for money. I don't. I'm not insinuating that, but I just know that usually that's the that's the other you know cog in the wheel, right? But it's interesting if that's the case. That would have been the same scenario that uh, Kyle Busch was in. Is it, it was they they lacked the funding, right? Or they they had the sponsorship stuff hold up, and that did not end well. That had Kyle Busch going to another race team. So would Denny leave JGR to go yeah to his race team? That, I hadn't even considered that, but yeah, it's I, interesting. Yeah, I he mean, certainly has options. Well, he'd need a charter. He'd need a charter. You're right. That's probably the biggest hurdle. Um, if there was one to be had, man, I think he would have to consider, maybe already considering it. Who knows? Denny is certainly, um, a, you know, brainstorming, but I, I, you know, listen, we were, I remember when, when the deal with Kyle started rumbling in the media, the, the story, the talking points were all the same, man. Kyle's going to be here. We're going to make this work. We're going to figure it out. We're going to put it together. Yes, it's we got some hurdles, but we all want him. He wants to be here. All the same stuff. Yeah, especially Truex just signed a couple weeks ago, so now all that attention is now only on Denny's. The yes. only piece left for them. Yeah. So it's it's going to be heightened over the next couple weeks. Yeah, it is. That's a good point because you also have again, we you know, you have the Toyota. There's seats available at Toyota as well, and, and what do you, you mean? got John Hunter Nevacek that's kind of sitting there in the he's coming in the wings. He's going to drive the 42 next year. I believe so, right? Yeah, is I that see. confirmed, no. or is that just what you suspect? Suspect. I do too. Yeah, yeah. He'll drive the 42 next year. That's what I think. Um, at least that's what the 42 and Toyota would probably prefer. 
you know, that John Hunter do that. And John Hunter's probably got to got to see what he needs to see to make that commitment from the team from Toyota that things are going to improve there. Because he's already done that. John Hunter's already got in in a car that he, you know, shuffled him back to the truck, you know, the truck or the, yeah, the truck series and and then now Xfinity. So he's done this cycle to cup and back. He's not doing it again. He's not going to get in another car in the Cup Series that doesn't perform. You recall that, Mike? Yeah. Let me ask you a question though. So again, you're going to probably get mad at me for asking this. this is a complete hypothetical, but you said, wouldn't you want to drive your own stuff, especially at the end of your career? And I'm curious. The first thing I thought about was, do you think that your dad would have ever left RCR to go run a DEI car at the end of his career? Like, would he have ever done that? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah. So I, I do think there are scenarios, and I, you know, Denny and his history with. With with Coach Gibbs, yeah, I, I would almost – it would be something. It would be something for him to ever leave JGR. I just can't imagine it either, frankly, I don't think the that the, Yeah, I don't think – my. if I was going to have to put money down on this, I'd say I'd put my money that he signs with Gibbs. Sure. But I certainly think that, you know, we ought to it, – it's a story that I think it will get bigger unless they can get this contract done. Yeah. Chase Elliott uh, almost come back and, and – Got himself in victory lane. He's in a must-win situation. Came really close to winning uh, this past weekend. It's the first time we've seen him have a shot at winning a race since he's come back from his injury. And he's going to Watkins Glen. This is probably, to me, the biggest lead going into the next race. Chase Elliott almost running, uh, almost winning at, at Indy, coming up short, and then going to the Glen where he's, you know, he's got – better stats he's, he's probably good. yeah i think they're gonna be all in it's gonna be the it's like this it's kind of like um you know john elway on the two-yard line he's got 98 yards to go under two minutes left for the broncos remember those day those days yeah um and they're down six they got to score a touchdown yeah i mean that's where we're at with chase elliott he's gonna have to have one of those elway moments and he's going, you know, and with the way they ran this past weekend, I might just go ahead and say it, man. I'm picking him to win. Going all the way here. Yeah, why not? Making the prediction. Why not? Well, you whiffed on that Kobayashi one so bad that maybe, uh, you do need a, a little bit of a redemption here on your What pitch. did I say, though? What, what was the whiff on Kobayashi? Well, you thought he was going to be the best of those, uh, I did, of yeah. those ringers. Yeah. yeah, he was last. Was he the very last one? Yeah. The worst. Wait, worst? Yes. 33rd. Would, Jensen Button was 28th. Was Rockefeller was 24th. Brody Kostecki, 22nd. Yeah. Shane. He was Van, last, but not the worst. Of the, Again, you were very specific about those, the the uh, the out-of-towners, yeah. you know, the guys coming into the sport. I'm not, uh, if Kobayashi, I mean, I'm, I'm look, so man. So, Chase Elliott. Wait, uh, you want me to not re rebuttal to? You don't have one. You just threw me You, you just missed. You, you you whiffed on it. There's no there's no excuse for it. You don't have one. Yes, there is. Okay, God, let's hear I it. I don't have an excuse, but I don't I I don't agree with your assessment. Oh, well, let's hear it. I mean, I think he's uh, the best. I still rank him higher than the other guys in talent. Wow. Man, he's a he's a he's because a freak, man. He's an alien. He had one test where he said, you know, nice, nice speeds and nice things, and you crown him the, the nah, best of that yeah. group. He's also won Le Mans, several Daytona 24, and 
By, you you know, didn't cite that stuff. You cited. I'm just t- saying, like he's done more than just had a good test. Well, look, okay, so 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 he's kind of a freak of nature, Mike. But you that's not an excuse. You're huh? not, that's not a reason. You're not backtracking. You're just no. Okay. I mean, you know, look, he didn't get a good finish. He got spun out early. I think if we can roll the tape back in this very episode, you mentioned how he 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 kind of got put behind the eight ball early in a couple <laughs> couple incidents. Um, that's true. So. Um, Damn it! I said that. And the thing. cautions didn't do any favors. Yes, it was. A, it wasn't a good result. It wasn't. But I'll be honest with you, man. Dude was humble. I'm watching <laughs> some of his post race comments. You know, he didn't bash the sport or the car or get out and say this sucked. I don't want to do this again. Oh, he said he wants to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want him to come back because I think that he can show what I believe is true, and that he is he is a one. He's a he's a one of a kind talent. Yeah. Hey. If it's any solace, you didn't whiff as bad as Steve Latart did because I was listening to Dirty Mo on the way back from New York, and this was Sunday morning. I was a little late to it. And when they brought up Michael McDowell, and again, look, part of the fun of having these uh, these sports betting shows is to be able to go back once the results have happened and see how, how bad they missed. And that's fun, right? It's what he signed up for, so I don't have a problem saying it. They brought up Michael McDowell. His words, he can't win. He cannot win. And then he goes, well, I mean, that's harsh, but he's just not going to win. And, man, if that guy <laughs> didn't go in there. I mean, I, I said, we have a new uh, definition of Rick Allening. You know, if Rick Allen is a verb that, uh, that says something positive with a negative result, Steve Latart just basically willed Michael McDowell to a victory there. So he, he missed that one pretty good. He did it at Michigan, too. He said, Busher ain't going back-to-back. Yeah. <laughs> he and did say he that, did didn't go he? back-to-back. Yeah. He's <laughs> so, nailed it. One other thing I wanted to talk about at Indy was Brody Kostecki. And um, Brody didn't finish well. He uh, pitted late in the race, gave up some track position, but ended up coming back, I think, 22nd. Is that right? Yes, 22nd. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people, if you're a hardcore fan, really kind of paying attention, you saw all of this that, that I'm about to say. But Brody, to me, was probably the most impressive of the weekend. And the reason is um, he had not uh, ran a lap in a cup car when he showed up to Indy. He had test, uh, he'd ran some sim work. He said about 15 hours total of sim work, but that's, you know, and that's great. I mean, you know, let's not, let's not, let's not belittle what the sim work can do. But when you, com- the only way the sim really helps is when you can kind of accompany it, accompany it, accompany it with actual time in the race car. Right, and so doing driving a sim without any real world experience, um, you're kind of missing a lot of elements that are critical. But, anyways, I mean, the guy never drove a lap, showed up for 20 minutes of practice. They had a problem with the car that cost them a ton of time in that 20 minute practice. They end up running a couple laps. Then he goes out in qualifying, literally like three laps on the racetrack, and sets it in the top 15 almost made the final round of qualifying um i could not believe that he and you never seen the tr- you never been around the track or any all of this right that this is f-ing elite shit, man yeah this yeah. sport is elite it is tough and he went out there and measured up a right away and so then bro you know he wrecks which was sucked it sucked he wrecked his car in qualifying because then he had to go to a backup car that probably was not going to be as well prepared 
not as meticulously, you know, combed over at the shop. And it's not the primary. It's just not. And it raced like it, you know. Um, now, he made great lap time. He ended up with a decent result considering there were no yellows. Should have probably, with his speed, finished about 15th. Um, but, so, Brody, man, you know, he doesn't have this pathway that SVG does. SVG's uh, already entrenched in a, in, a for, in a plan that's formulating, right, for him to come back. SVG's in the middle of this sort of this head-on uh, plan to, 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 to switch over to NASCAR. Brody doesn't have that. Brody's not planning that. Brody's leading the points in Supercar. Brody's uh, in a young career in the Supercar Series in Australia, and how will he? I'm, I'm just wanting so badly for him to get another shot to come back to show what he can do. And I uh, don't know if he will. I really, really don't. It, it's gonna. It could be for me one of the one of the bigger what ifs of this year. Um, and beyond, if he doesn't get a shot to come back and show what he can do, that was pretty incredible. Just being able to find the speed that he had, and I think that you know he was giving it 110 percent. It bit him in the ass in qualifying, but um, you know he settled in in the race. Didn't have those type of mistakes in the race. And I think if he's in his primary car starting up toward the front, uh, Brody runs top five with the speed he had. Um, so I just wanted to make that mention. Uh, the Dirty Mo Ultimate Experience uh, is coming up. We talked about it last week. It's at Bristol. That's right. Uh, there's 16th. two suites full of like-minded individuals. If you love Dirty Mo Media, all things Dirty Mo, you'll be hanging out with people that are just like you. That's right. And um, there's only two seats left. As of the time we're taping this, right. There's right? two seats left. Yeah, two two seats. That's right. The fact of the matter is there's two seats left. There will be a waiting list. And I will say from last year, the waiting list did actually waiting end list. up. Yeah, there'll be a waiting list. Once it sells out, There's there's a it goes into a waiting list. And the waiting list, actually, we did have to tap into that last year because, you know, some people. A couple people. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. Their, their, their plans change. Something is they can't make it. Okay, so, so hop on that waiting so list. So, yeah, even if you're trying to buy and it's sell, sold out by the time you hear this, um, I still think that uh, it's worth your while to get on the waiting list. All right. Well, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, that's Tuesday. Tomorrow, episode six of Becoming Earnhardt comes out. And then uh, catch us Thursday. We'll be uh, reacting to all things that's been happening this week and looking forward to Watkins Glen. We'll see you then. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.